Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions, please email us at info at If you would like to support this ministry financially, visit us at capitalchristian.com and click the Give button in the top right corner. Thank you so much. Come on, give it up for Pastor Chris Wild. Who loves Pastor Chris and Kelly? Love you guys so much. I have learned everything from Pastor Chris, including throwing things at the TV when my team's not winning. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Kidding, I kid, I kid. I'm uh, so honored to be here with you guys doing good this morning. Can you just give yourself a little pat on the back? You made it to church the last day of the year. Way to finish 2017 strong. And we believe here at this church that how you finish one season is how you enter into the next. And we're going to enter this new year strong. Who believes that? Where's a strong amen at when you need it? Uh, I want to encourage you today to talk back to me. I like it when you talk back to me. I, I preach faster and better when you talk back. So if you hear something good, you can say amen. You can say go ahead. You can say bangerang. Whatever you want to say. It doesn't matter, man. It doesn't really matter. I'm just excited to be here with you. I want to just thank you, Pastor Chris, for the opportunity to share my favorite church in the whole world. How many love Capital Church? Can we just give God a hand clap that we don't live in Ohio? Come on. Let's give him a hand clap. I'm a good God, man. My goodness. Friends in Ohio had church canceled today because of inclement weather. And I'm like, my God, thank you. We live in Idaho. It's a good place. If you're here today and you're new, uh, I'm going to open up the Bible to Exodus chapter 3. I'm going to read 12 verses. I'm going to talk for about 25 minutes. I'm going to pray at the end. But here's the deal. At this church, we don't just learn about God. We experience him. So the goal of today isn't just to get stronger mentally or intellectually. The exercise today is be to encounter God. And so I want to be very forthright in that, that my, my agenda this morning is to position all of us that we could hear God clearer that we could get closer to him, and that we could maybe hypothetically finish the service in an atmosphere that we could encounter his goodness. Who believes that today? And so uh, I know I look like I'm a young preacher. I'm 34. I look like I'm 33. Um, but I, I believe that God can speak even through young people. Can I get an amen? And so today, if you have your Bible, Exodus chapter 3 is where I'm going to go. I want to give a shout out real quick, though. Uh, I think that we have some exceptional families in this church. Three people believe it. Lord, I just pray for self-esteem today for Capital Church. No, we have some exceptional families. One of my favorite families in our church, some of our best friends for a lot of years are the Martinez family. I love all, I love all 74 of them, um, but Steve and Gigi are exceptional human beings, and they actually, Steve coaches my daughter's basketball team. Uh, we were a basketball tournament all weekend with them, and their middle son, Ezekiel, is one of the greatest basketball players you've ever seen. That's in, I think he's sixth grade. But he won the entire tournament. There's people from all over the region. So I want to give Zeke a shout out. I told him I'd give him a shout out. They won the championship last night. Congrats, Zeke. Coach Steve Martinez. Some families are just genetically better than others. They are one of those families. And so Exodus chapter 3, if you could turn there with me this morning. Uh, I want to talk to you today about uh, what I believe God wants us to do next year. I actually believe the agenda of heaven for our community, Capital Church, would be uh, to get closer to God in 2018. Three people believe it. Lord, help us. I believe that 2018, we're all going to get closer to God. Who wants that next year? Who wants to get closer to God than you've ever been in your entire life? I believe that we serve a God that honors expectations. And so today, I want to be very forthright. My goal this morning would be to talk to you about the similarities and the parallels between the life of Moses and our life today. 
And I'm gonna read 12 verses. If you know anything about Moses, you know that he was a pretty ordinary Hebrew boy that was drawn out of a river that was actually raised at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. He was raised at the White House of his day. His hour was adopted as a prince, spent 40 years in Egypt, took the law into his own hands, spent 40 years in a desert with sheep. And then the following 40 years of his life, he spent leading about 4 million people out of bondage, out of slavery, into the promised land. Here's what we know, big takeaway, kind of if I could give away my thesis, spoiler alert, is is I actually believe that before God assigns us to mission, he always demands relationship that you'll never have a mission that's stronger than your relationship with God. That was a good spot for an amen. No good preaching when I hear it. And so this morning, I wanna talk to you today about approaching approaching God, approaching God. Tap your neighbor and say, approach approach God. And we're gonna approach God, we're gonna practice this in the service the next 25 minutes, but uh, if you're taking uh, notes today, my title for this talk, this message, this sermon, this thesis, whatever your background is, is uh, uh, take your shoes off. Take your shoes off. Keep them on, please, this morning. But for the sake of the message, take your shoes off. That's what I'm talking to you about today. Exodus chapter 3. If you're there, say I'm ready. Uh, yeah, Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. Let's get into the word this morning. I got 30 minutes to do some, do some uh, travel a little bit. So Exodus chapter 3. Now Moses was tending, verse 1. He was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. Can we just stop for a moment? Can we all agree that Jethro is a fun name? Just want to throw that out there. Father-in-law named Jethro. <laughs> Forgive me, if I wasn't in ministry, I probably would be a subpar comedian. Uh, so if we, uh, is it okay to laugh in church today? Is that all right? All right. So I just want to make sure we're, tell some jokes today. Some might land. <laughs> Warning. Father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and uh, Moses led the flock in the backside of the desert, came to Horeb. Some say Horeb. Horeb, Horeb, I don't know, something like that. The mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire in the midst of the bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, two times. Pastor Chris would call that a double vocative. That was for someone. Then he said, here I am. God spoke to him, do not draw near to this place. Take your sandals off your feet. Come no further with your tevas. Take off the Birkenstock. Someone say, take your shoes off. So he took his shoes off, and it says this, for the place you're standing is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians to bring them up from that land to a good and a large land, a land flowing with milk, honey, and Chick-fil-A. Christian chicken. To a land. And, and to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jubasites. God said, I'll even drive out the cellulites. The toughest ones to get out of the land. And 
Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, I will send you, send you to Pharaoh, that you might bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses said to him, well, who am I? Who in the world am I that I should go to the president, the CEO of the world, and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. Here's God's response to our insecurities and our inadequacies. I will certainly be with you. Man, that was good by itself. I will certainly be with you. And this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve me on this very stinking, Mark Francie emphasis added, mountain. Let's pray this morning. I like to say the great theologian, M.C. Hammer, he said we have to pray just to make it today. God, I just thank you for the opportunity to be at Capital Church. I know for some, 2017 was the best year ever. I know for others, it was the worst. And I thank you that you're the God that meets us regardless of either. We invite you now to come into this place. I pray for the next 30 minutes, God, that you would even come and that you would speak directly into our hearts, into our minds. I pray that we wouldn't just learn more intellectually about you today, but I pray that we'd experience you. You said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. I thank you that the first area that God your love infiltrates is our heart. And so God, we invite you first into our hearts today. Would you do, would you do heart surgery? Would you, would, you, would you be the divine cardiologist that would work on us today? We love you, and God, we ask that 2018, we get closer to you than we've ever been in our entire lives. Help Pastor Chris, help the Cowboys. In Jesus' name, someone said amen. Can I just say, if your pastor is a Cowboys fan, he's never gonna leave anything. Can we just all agree? Pastor Chris ain't going anywhere. If you can stay loyal to that team, you'll never cheat on anything. Can I get an amen? That's just a fact. That's just a fact. You ever got something new and thought the new thing would change you? Who's ever got a new car and you're like, I will never eat in my car again? I'll take those laughs as a yes. I'm gonna take such good care of this car, I'll never touch the dirt. It's never going off road. I'm not even gonna drive it when it's raining outside. And like an hour and a half later, you got french fries in the abyss. Who's ever dropped a, a fry in the abyss? There's creatures down there, I'm sure of it. I, uh, I got a new car, you know, years ago, and I remember thinking to myself, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I got mad at my wife because she drove it on the gravel. You remember this, Dad? I got my car and she drove it on the gravel road. I'm like, Rochelle, don't drive my car. It's for the road. And uh, just funny how new things change you. We, got a, we, bought, a, we bought a house this year. It's a, it's a, it's a brand new house, and, and uh, one of my friends built it for us, and just really blessed us, took care of us. We moved to this house, we're excited about it. And it's funny, Rashawn and I, we're, we know we're youth pastors, so we always have people at our house and unclean creatures are always coming and going. <laughs> and uh, we, uh, we, we got this new house, we're like, we're gonna become, because really, can we, can we be honest in church? There's two types of human beings. There's shoes on people, yeah. indoors. Yeah. And there's, if you come to my house with shoes on, you're gonna die. <laughs> there's two categories of human beings. And so we've traditionally been, we're youth pastors, like, just come on in, we'll, you know, we'll clean up and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll deep clean everything after you leave. Um, but, but we got this new house, we're like, man, we're gonna go shoes off policy. 
we're going to keep this house intact. And so we did the first big event at our house. There's a couple hundred uh, species of human beings uh, that, that showed up. I'm pretty sure that Frodo Baggins was there. Um, isn't it funny that it's not until people take their shoes off that you find out who they really are? I'm coming for someone today. It's funny, man. Like, like shoes can disguise and camouflage. It says love covers a multitude of sins. So do shoes. And, and it's funny, man, because, because, you know, we tell people to take their shoes off, and it's just right away. You learn a lot of things about people with shoes. It's like, like when your shoes are off, it's the most vulnerable version of yourself. It's funny, women start panicking. My wife, she's a perfectionist, so she's like, are my toenails painted? This is a, this is a real conversation. My, Rochelle told me one time, we can't go over there. I'm like, why not? Everyone's going over there. She goes, well, because they tell us to take their shoes off and my toenails aren't painted. That was a real conversation. I get more scared, I don't paint my toenails, but I get scared when I don't have matching socks on. Anybody with me? I don't know what the law is about matching socks. I, how long do you keep a sock? When he loses his buddy, I don't know what the law is on that. So I, I keep a lot of socks, a lot of guys, they're cousins, you know what I mean? Um, but I don't have matching socks all the time. And so I go to someone's house, take my shoes off. It's like, whoa, hey, Nike and non, non-brand, <laughs> no name. I had money, I ran out. Uh, uh, I, uh, I, uh, I don't know how long, man. I don't know how long you keep that. But I, I love this because like, when you take your shoes off, you're just vulnerable. There's a vulnerability that comes when you have your shoes off. And I was thinking about this passage, you know, Moses' life. It's interesting that the, the only area, come on, think about this. Moses, come on, he's got a smell. He's in the desert. He's there for 40 years. There's a lot of things going on with Moses apart from his tevas. But for some reason or another, the only area that God really required him to actually change before approaching him was taking his shoes off. So it got me thinking on this, this thought process of what's the significance of taking your, your shoes off, shoes off. And I, I came up with four, four points I wanna share with you that's, I believe, true of Moses then, that's still true of us today. And I think it'll actually help you and me approach God, not just this year, but for the rest of your life, if you could etch these into your heart somehow. So this morning, as I'm talking to you today, I wanna to talk to you about taking your shoes off. Say, so t- take your shoes off. First thing I'd like to emphasize is that uh, I, I think Moses is a lot like a lot of you, a lot of us, that probably walked around for 40 years in a desert believing the lie. This is probably one of the greatest lies that leads to suicide, one of the greatest lies that leads to bad choices and perpetual depression and hopelessness. Is he believed the lie that he made a bad decision that sabotaged his life? He was 40 years old. He was a prince in Egypt. Watch the movie. If you don't know the story, or read the Bible, either way. And uh, he, he, he's, he's 40 years old, and he takes the law into his own hands. He kills a, uh, an Egyptian that's, that's punishing, that's brute, brute, brute uh, br- brutalizing, niner. <laughs> he, that was brutalizing a Hebrew, and he took the law into his own hands, killed this guy. Pharaoh found out about it. He was a prince at this point and pretty much put a death warrant out for Moses' life. Moses goes on the run. He goes from 
1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, the District of Columbia, and he moves to Ontario, Oregon. <laughs> no offense if you live in Ontario. It's worth the drive. Uh, I, 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 uh, I, it's crazy, man, because he, uh, he's living in the desert for 40 years, and he's literally going, can you imagine this? He goes from commanding sergeants to leading sheep. And he goes from a place of prominence and authority to a place of insignificance and pretty much the lowest social economic uh, vocation of the time, that he is a shepherd. He goes from a prince to a shepherd. If there's ever been a riches to rags story, Moses has the park place version of it. And he's now in the desert, he's walking with sheep. And I, can, I just, can I be so bold to read into the scripture that he probably maybe walked around regretting a decision that he made at 40 years of age. Why didn't I just keep my mouth shut? At least I had a good life. At least I lived in the palace. Why did I get greedy and try to be, try to be just and take the law into my own hands and help out someone that's like me, even though they're not like me because I'm a prince and they're a slave. I should have just kept my mouth shut. And what he did is he took the law into his own hands and he became a fugitive for 40 years. I would be so bold to dare and bet that he probably thought what some of you thought, that his bad decision to take the law into his own hands has now sabotaged his future. I mean, how can you ever recover from living in the White House to being a shepherd in a desert? How do you, how do you believe in your heart that the best days are still to come? That's a tough pill to swallow. So he finds himself, not one year, not 10 years, not, not two decades, four decades later. He's no longer a young strapping prince in his 30s. He's now an 80-year-old shepherd walking down the, the Sinai Peninsula, which is a 300-mile a peninsula that he journeyed to and from for 40 years of his life, leading a bunch of sheep. He was familiar with the desert. <sighs> if I could be Bishop T.D. Jakes for a second, I'd go, <sighs> He was familiar with the desert. You know what I believe he thought for 40 years as he walked that desert with those sheep? He thought that he had messed up his life and that every day he walked in that wilderness was another day wasted. But who better in God's eyes to cause to be the greatest tour guide of the desert for, for four million slaves than the guy that knows it like backwards and forwards for spending 40 years investigating, navigating, know, knowing the, the topography and the geography. This guy, Moses, was the greatest guide of that desert because he dedicated 40 years of his life there. You see, what you call wasted, God calls preparation. And some of you think that you've wasted. I've wasted that marriage. I wasted that job, that business entity. I, I made a bad decision. I wasted, I sabotaged my future. But you see, what you call as waste, God calls preparation. And he finds himself at the mountain he's been to so many times, Mount Horeb. He knows Mount Horeb. It's an ordinary mountain. You know what I love about God? Is he can turn ordinary places into substantially significant places. You see, before that day, Mount Horeb was just Mount Horeb. But in Mount Horeb, Mount Sinai, are the same mountain. That day, a normal place became one of the most prominent, significant places to the Israelite people. This is crazy because Mount Horeb became the mountain of God on an ordinary day. Some of you have been to church your whole life, but you've never had a holy moment with God. 
You know what I love about days is everything can change in one day. You were born in one day. You get raises in. Some you get married in. I guess everybody. <laughs> for being accurate. It's crazy. You die one day. Everything can change in one day. And Moses finds himself like some of you thinking, I have screwed up too much. Life is beyond repair. It's an ordinary day. And guess what happens? He sees an unusual holy phenomenon. There's a bush on fire that's not being consumed. And what he does is he gets what I call a holy curiosity. If I could be so bold today, my prayer for some of you that never encountered God or heard his voice, know his promptings and experienced his love would be that today would be the day that you would let God put a holy curiosity inside of you. Some of you think there's nothing out there, there's nothing for you, that you can't know God any more than you currently do. I want you to know that God's depth is bottomless. I don't care how many times you've read the Bible, how many Sundays you've been in church, how many small groups you've led or attended, how many books you have read, I want you to know God is inexhaustible. And he has a deeper place for all of us. If I can't get a Pentecostal amen, I'll take a Baptist head nod. I'll take a Presbyterian eyebrow raise. I'll take a Latter-day Saint deep breath. Give me something, come on. I want you to know I really believe that this is crazy because, because Moses is at a, at, a, at a bush and something inside of him goes, I've never seen anything like this. I think that today could be that day for some of you. I've never been in a church that's passionate about God. I've never seen people sing like God is real. That's my problem, if God isn't real, I think it's pretty obvious by the way some people sing. But if he is real, it's also pretty obvious by the way people sing. Some of you get bothered when people get passionate. I'm, I'm worried about us singing with no intensity or passion if we really believe that God is on the throne. Why would you sing like he's still in the grave? Sorry, I better stop. I actually believe this this morning though that Moses sees an anomaly, a spiritual phenomenon and there's a holy curiosity that wells up inside of him. Today, my prayer for some of you is that have never encountered God, that today would be a day that God would put a holy curiosity inside of you. He said to himself, I'll be honest with you, the most important voice you listen to in your life is your own. What are you gonna believe about God? What do you let your thoughts lead you to believe? And he spoke to him, he's like, Mark, Moses, Moses, turn, turn aside. Hey Moses, you know you're bored when you're talking to yourself, right? Hey, Moses, let's go check this out. <laughs> that was funny. So he walks, he walks over to the bush, and the Bible reads that as he turned to God, that God made a decision to call out his name. Here's my point, this is where I get into my message, and I have about 18 minutes to finish this up, is that Moses, as he turned aside, he heard his voice with his shoes on, but he didn't get to know God until he took his shoes you see, I believe that shoes represent, when we take them off, true vulnerability with God. I believe many of us, we have a shoes on policy with Jesus. We know God with the censored, filtered, polished uh, versions of ourselves. We bring the best version of us on Sundays. Man, I'm gonna pretend I have it together. I'm gonna pretend I'm not an anger, angry person, a lustful person, uh, a covetous person, a jealous person. I'm gonna keep my shoes on at church. I'm gonna smile away, smile away, smile away. But what I've learned is, is that God loves the true version of us. He loves the unfiltered version. In a day and age of social media that you see pictures and you wonder, is that really them? Or is that just a good filter? I think sometimes maybe God looks at us and goes, don't they realize that I can see the original photo? 
we try to bring the filtered, the edited, right? The spell check oriented version of our life to Jesus. And you know, Moses gets, he gets a response. He says, Moses, Moses. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's nervous, he's scared. And God says, I want you to take your shoes off for the place you're standing is holy ground. Write this down if you're taking notes today. Before you receive your mission, you have to receive a relationship. Before mission is always relationship. And Moses starts a relationship. Christianity is different than other religions because we're not predicated upon how many good deeds that we do that earns our way to God, that Jesus already paid for everything, and all we have to do is actually receive him. So he starts a relationship with them, and here's the response, and this is where I get ready to wind this down, is four things. He says, I want you to take your shoes off. I believe the first reason why God told Moses to take his shoes off to approach God is because shoes back then are like they are today. Shoes are man-made. Write this down, man-made. Why do we take our shoes off? Because shoes are man-made. Why would man-made things affect our relationship with the divine God? Because if we're not careful, we'll take man-made methods, man-made experiences. See, some of you hate God, not because God's not good, but because you had a man-made experience. I went to a legalistic church, a cult. I went to a seance. I saw some weird man-made spirituality. And it put a bad taste of who God is because I've never tasted God. I've only tasted the man-made version of it. God says, don't walk, don't talk to me with your shoes on. Take your shoes off. Step out of those man-made ideas. Some of you see God through the filter of your grandma's prayer life. And there's nothing, thank you that your grandma prayed. But I want to just inform you today that God hears your voice in the English that you normally speak. Can I just stop for a moment? God does not only respond to, to King James Version prayers. It's not just the Queen's English that God turns to. Someone used thee, let me listen. Someone used thou, let me pay attention. I actually believe that God hears you the way that you are. I don't know if that's theologically accurate. Can I ask you a question? When your kids address you and they don't say, Father, Father, if, I needeth thou, how I needeth thou, every hour if I needeth thou. Can I just be honest with you? As As a dad, you don't respond to your kids only when they use the right vernacular. I'll be honest, I have a two-year-old that she speaks something. <laughs> you know what's crazy that my wife and I, we listen to everything that she speaks. You know why? Because we're, 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 we're in love with her voice. Some of you don't talk to God because you think you don't know how to. Right? My daughter's speaking in tongues. Should have bought a Hyundai. What about a Kia? <laughs> it's crazy, man. Kenzie, Chloe, Chloe's speaking this jibber, jabber. And you know what's crazy as a dad? I love all of it. I love all of it. And you know what man-made religion has done to some of you? Because you grew up in a religious environment that you thought you had to act a certain way and talk a certain way and dress a certain way so you can approach God. I want you to know that I love my daughters in their diapers with no clothes on as much as I love them when they're wearing their Sunday's best. 
know what man-made religion does? Is it makes you think, well, man, if you have a dirty diaper in your life, God is gonna push you away. Where do we get this logic? Well, you, he went to the bar the other night and he got drunk. As though God's like, well, can't talk to you anymore. See, you had my last name until you went to the club. But then I revoked it. Because that name was on loan. My, my daughter is a Francie regardless of what she does. I love her the same. I remember my grandma saying this. She goes, she goes, she goes Mark, you'll never understand a parent's love because she had kids that she had a hard time with sometimes. And she said, Mark, I can't help but to love my kids the same all the time. Their stupidity has never quenched my love for them. And I want you to know that man-made religion says I have to act a certain way, I have to put myself together, I have to pick myself up on my bootstraps, whatever that means. And I have to, I gotta man-make this relationship with God so he'll accept me. I gotta do more, I gotta be more, I gotta, listen, I'm all about, I think that we are saved not by good works, but for good works. Church said amen to that. But I'll be real, I, want, I think that religion gets you in this mindset that I'm saved by good works. You're not saved by good works. You can't be good enough to receive God. If you could be, if you could be good enough to receive God, Jesus wouldn't have had to come. That's good for, amen. Like that. I want you to take your shoes off, Moses. Step out of that man-made stuff and let's get vulnerable right now. I wanna talk to the real version of you, not the man-made. Second reason, if you're taking notes today, I want you to take your shoes off, Moses, because, because you're a shepherd and quite frankly, your Birkenstocks, they smell like where your sheeps go to the bathroom. I believe the reason why Moses had to take his shoes off is because his sandals smelt like stink. Forgive me for this. He was, he was stepping in the stink of all the sheep that he was leading in the desert. And I think one of the reasons God said take your shoes off is because sometimes if we're not careful as human beings, the smell of where we've been distracts us from the glory of where we are. And some of you, you can't even enjoy God this morning in church because all you smell right now is your bad decisions from this week. Um, they're singing great songs. Man, Mark Thornton's leading worship and Koki, come on, my God. If you can't experience Jesus when those two are singing, you're in trouble, man. I'll pray for you at the end. These guys are leading us in worship and all you, some of you are thinking about is the smell of the anger that you have towards your spouse or the anger of, your, your, of the broken relationship with your mom or your dad or your business partner or the guy that cuts you off or the person that gave you the one finger wave this week slow crowd. <laughs> I'll be real. Some of us, we miss out on God because of the smell of where we've been. And I think that God said, take your, take your shoes off because I don't want the smell of the stinky places that you've been to distract you from where I'm calling you to go. It's a good spot for an amen. And the third reason he said, take your shoes off, Moses. I want you to approach me. Are you still with me this morning? just want to let you know if you're bored right now, you're a boring human being. It's not boring preaching is the third area is he says, he says, I want you to take your shoes off because, because your shoes, the soles of your shoes collect all the debris of where you've been. And I thought this kind of a clever play on words that just like your shoes, soul, shoe soul, S-O-L-E, so is the human soul, S-O-U-L. You see, our souls collect the debris of where we've been. 
Pastor Chris made a good observation this morning. That's why probably David wrote in Psalms, he said, Lord, restore, to, restore uh, created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. And he talked about, uh, was it Psalms 23? You said this morning for service? Yeah, 23, what's that verse? The soul. Restore, he restores my, that's what I was looking for. I was tough, man. I had to grab that. I was somewhere out here. I couldn't reach it. He restores my Come on, Lord is my shepherd, right? He restores my, why did God, why did David pray that? He's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. Could it be that as David was penning this, this chapter, he was thinking about the great shepherd Moses, his mentor, his predecessor. Man, Moses as a shepherd boy was the shepherd I always wanted to emulate. If God could take that, that prince that turned into a shepherd and bring him back to prominence, maybe he could take a redheaded two-seer fronts barefoot in the shepherd fields of the, of the desert. If God could do it for Moses, maybe he could do it for me, David. He restores my, he's my shepherd. And I think some of us today, you know what we need? We need God to restore our souls. Mackenzie my, my is a professional shoe destroyer. I could buy her a pair of shoes. She can dirty those things up like in like an hour. Pick her up from school, her brand new little Nikes, come back like, oh my gosh, they've been to hell. You know what I have to do as a dad? I take her shoe and then I start getting like a knife. You ever been there before, parents? They step in like some animal, you know, offerings. And... You get like a pen or you get a knife or scissors and you start cleaning the debris in the sole of the shoe. This is the picture that God gave me as I prayed for you this weekend, was that God is a God that wants to come into the sole of your heart and to begin to clean out the debris of the places that you've been, the sticks that you've stepped on, the sharp places, the daggers, the, the bitterness, the poison. The, the Are you following me today? God, he wants to restore our souls. And the fourth thing I believe about Psalm, or Exodus chapter three, why take your shoes off, Moses? Because, because, uh, wrote it down just in case. Be because I believe that when your shoes are off, there's a sensitivity that you don't normally have. I think most of us can relate to this. We're, we're in a first world country, so we have uh, indoorsy feet. What do you mean indoorsy? Like, 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 you gotta watch where you're walking when you go to your mailbox. Who's ever stepped on a pebble and it almost like took their life? Isn't it funny that when your shoes are off, there is a vulnerability with you that you're not used to having. My shoes are on, I'll walk on rocks, I'll walk on glass, I'll walk on coals, look out. But if my shoes are off, I'm telling you, I gotta, I gotta be careful where I walk in my house. My daughter puts like uh, like little Mickey Mouse figurines. Stepped on one of those the other day. That was a fun ride. It's crazy how a little object to an exposed soul, small things exposed to a vulnerable soul has an ability to make you sensitive to things. You know what I believe the church in North America has lost all the technology and all the social media and all the bombardment of media and entertainment, all the stuff that's always go, 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 go in your face, in your face, in your face. 
temptation accessible at every corner. What, what have we lost? I actually believe that the, the, the number one thing that hell has gone after in our generation is the sensitivity of our conscience. He's attacked it. Remember when we were younger and you saw some violence on TV and you were appalled? And now we have video games that glorify it. We have school shootings. We have, I mean, it's like first time Columbine happened, it was like, oh my God, this is the worst day in human history. Now you hear of school shootings, it seems like once a month. And if we're not careful, we just keep scrolling because we've lost our sensitivity. You know why Moses needed to take his shoes off? Because God wanted him to feel again. You know, God wants some of you for 2018 is to get your feeling back. Some of you, some of you are thinking about having an affair because you've lost feeling. Some of you are thinking about, man, stealing from your business partner because you've lost feeling. Some of you are pre-orchestrating sinful behavioral patterns. You're premeditating bad decisions because you've lost feeling. Who is the God that you serve, Mark? He's the God, the only one I know that can restore feeling to the numb areas of our life. I actually believe that's why Jesus liked to heal lepers. Because leprosy, you know what it is? It's when you lose feeling. Your limbs start losing feeling. I think Jesus loved to heal. I think all throughout the Bible, Naaman gets healed. He's a leper. 10 lepers get healed. Why? Why all the lepers getting healed? Because God wanted to prove a physical point that if he was powerful enough to bring feeling back to people that have naturally lost feeling, that he can restore even the numbest, the dullest, and the deadest souls. If he can give me feeling in my fingers, maybe he can give me feeling in my conscience. I grew up in an abusive home. My, my parents abused me, my, my husband abused me, my wife abused me. You know what God is able to do? He's able to restore your soul. How does he do that? By restoring feeling. I don't know who you are, man, but I feel the love of God for you today, that he wants to restore feeling to you. I'm so numb. I used to see stuff online and it was appalling to me. Now I, I'm hungry for it. I've lost feeling. First time I started using bad language, it was appalling, but now it's, it's easy. I, I don't even think about it anymore. I've lost, I've lost feeling. Are you hearing me today? Moses, take your shoes off. I want you to feel the rocks again. Because you know what happens when you get your feeling back? You can write this down. It'll affect where you go, and it'll affect how fast you go there. You know what God wants to do for some of you? He wants to slow you down from going into bad places. And when your shoes are off, I'll be honest, man, I ain't walking on no glass if my shoes aren't on. You know what some of you do? You live in glassy environments, and you don't even realize they're dangerous because you live with your shoes on. God says, you want to get out of that bad environment? You want to stop entertaining those bad thoughts? Then let me take your shoes off. And I'll be honest, they'll no longer be lost. I can't do that. I can't sin. It's going to be, I don't want to, because that will hurt. That'll inflict pain and regret and, and remorse and conviction. I feel again. And I don't know, I can't get it out of my soul, but I feel like the Lord today would reinvigorate a sensitivity to his people. A couple weeks ago, my neighbor knocked on my door. I have a nice neighbor. And uh, he, he said, hey, Mark, you need, to, you need to detach your hose. I had it attached to my side of my house still. I'm an indoorsy guy, you know what I mean? <laughs> I work with my mouth, not with my hands, amen? 
And I'm like, oh, you don't, you're not supposed to do that. He's like, no, not unless like you want to like freeze your pipes. Oh, okay. What do I do? He's like, just <laughs> unscrew it from the, the faucet. I'm like, well, powerful, you know? <laughs> Rama, you know? <laughs> and uh, so I went outside and I unscrewed the hose and I dropped it on the ground. And uh, I shared the story because I was singing and I always ask the Lord when I get an opportunity to share, I said, Lord, what do you, what do you have for this room of people? Is there something specific you want me to share? And he gave me a picture immediately. He said, he said there's people in the room. I saw a picture of frozen pipes. And uh, it's funny, when, when pipes are frozen, the flow, it, it stops. And I feel like some of you, your relationship with God is frozen. And the flow of his spirit and his love and his grace and his mercy, it's ceased. Not because he's not there wanting to flow, but because maybe decisions that you've made that have frozen your pipes. My neighbor said, detach the hose because if it's attached to the, to the wall, it'll freeze both. You know what I felt the Lord tell me when I was thinking about this? He said, Mark, and t- there's people in this room that you need to detach yourself. Some of you, it's a, it's a coworker, it's a friend, it's someone in your life that if you stay connected to that thing, it's gonna freeze you up spiritually. And I saw the love of Jesus, you know what I saw it doing? I saw it warming the pipes. Warming the pipes up again. You're gonna start feeling again. There's a lady in here that you have a mass on your neck and God's gonna heal it right now. And what that's gonna do is it's gonna reinvigorate faith in you and you're gonna start feeling his love flow through your body. There's someone in here, you have a problem in your tendons. God's healing your tendons right now. What are you doing, Mark? I'm just, I'm just calling it as I hear it right now. There's someone in here, you have like preliminary stages of cataracts, and God's gonna heal your eyes. You're not gonna go blind. There's someone in here, you, you have a legitimate reason to be fearful of losing your sight as you get older. And God says you're not gonna go blind, but you're gonna see, and you're gonna see the rest of your life. There's someone in here you think you're gonna die young. I wanna announce to you that that's, that voice, it is a voice, but it's not God's voice. You're listening to the wrong voice. It's plagued you since you were young. I always believed that I was gonna die young. That's a voice, but it's not God's voice. God says that you will, you will bear fruit even in old age, that I will bless you with long life and I will satisfy you with good things. And you will see not only your children, but your children's children. Whose voice are you gonna believe? Take your shoes off. 2018 will be a year of vulnerability, of transparency, of sensitivity. It'll be a year that we step out of man-made notions and get into the presence of God. Who, are, who am I, Mark? I'll tell you who you really are. You are the truest version of yourself. Not in front of your computer, not in front of your TV watching sports. The most accurate version of who you're supposed to be is who you are at the burning bush. Who you are in God's presence is who you're supposed to be all the time. Man, that's good preaching. Amen. Praise God. Give God a hand clap. Come on, I feel his presence in this room. It's who I'm going to be in 2018. Would you stand to your feet with me? His love's going to chase us down. His love's going to overwhelm us. He's going to reconnect us. Some of you believe the lie that you knew God in in the past, but you'll never walk with him like you did before. That's a lie. Comes from hell. How crazy would that be if you told your kid, hey, son, remember how close we were when you were in fourth grade? That was gonna be the best year of our relationship. How morbid a thought that a fourth grader 
has, has, has hit the, the climax or the zenith of relationship with their father in fourth grade. My daughter Kenzie's in fourth. And I want you to know that I'm gonna get closer to that girl. I'm gonna love that girl more the older that she gets. I don't care if you're 75 or you're 16. God wants to know you more as we move into the future. If you believe it, come on, say amen. Give him a hand clap this morning. Feel his presence in this room. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Capital Christian. We hope you will stay connected by following us online. To find out more information, visit us at capitalchristian.com.